Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Tuesday. It's the 22nd of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Governor Kim Reynolds says she sent 109 Iowa National Guard troops down to the southern U.S. border this month to prevent the illegal trafficking of fentanyl by cartels. She funded the move with COVID-19 relief dollars. Reynolds joined Texas Governor Greg Abbott and three other Republican governors in Eagle Pass, Texas, yesterday to discuss border security. Iowa is located at the intersection of two major interstates, and uh, it is a pathway for the Mexican cartel and for uh, human traffickers to take to go from Mexico to the Midwest. Eagle Pass is where earlier this summer Texas installed a chain of controversial buoys meant to deter unlawful border crossings by migrants. U.S. Customs and Border Protection data show the majority of illicit fentanyl seizures happen at official ports of entry and are often from U.S. citizens. As a new school year begins for students across Iowa, a message sent out by the Sioux City Community School District is causing concern with a local LGBTQ organization. IPR's Sheila Bremer explains. The Sioux City Community School District recently sent out this announcement. We encourage you to contact your student's principal before the first day of school if your student requires a name or pronoun change. The co-founder of the Siouxland Pride Alliance, Karen Mackey, says it appears the district is trying to comply with the law. The problem is that this is only going to be beneficial to kids whose parents are supportive. Having met with some kids, they're terrified of what the school year is going to be like. Absolutely terrified. The students say the law makes them a target and feel school administration should provide a lesson in understanding. As the Cedar Valley Pride Festival sets to march through Waterloo this weekend, the city council has taken what many in the city's LGBTQ community see as a step backward. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer reports the council has repealed a ban on therapy seeking to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. After 50 minutes of public comments, almost all directly from Waterloo's LGBTQ residents, the Waterloo City Council voted 4-3 last night to repeal an ordinance that would have banned gender conversion therapy. Councilman Jonathan Greider, author of the ordinance, expressed his disappointment in what he believed to be a decision out of step with the council's core mission. We sit up here and we make laws. And the point of laws is not to put words on paper or digits on the screen. The point of laws is to enact justice and fairness and equality. And until we do that, we have a lot of work to do. The council cited the threat of a lawsuit as one of the primary reasons for the repeal. Numbers released from the Iowa State Fair show this year had the second best attendance ever. This year finished with nearly 1,134,000 people going through the gates as there was good weather right up until the heat wave hit in the last couple of days. The attendance record of 1,170,000 was set in 2019. And after months of turmoil with closings and reopenings, the iconic Hamburg Inn Number no. 2 was purchased last week by a group of local investors and expected to reopen this fall. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports that the restaurant closed in July for the second time in a year. It will reopen in October under new management. New owner Gold Cap Hospitality hopes to keep the staple's cultural importance intact with, quote, 
the intention of stewarding the next generation of this Iowa City institution. And it's going to be another hot day today. Get used to me saying that this week. High temperatures before you factor in the heat index will be in the mid-90s to around 105 degrees. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion including Above and Beyond Cancer. This week marks an important moment for supporters and opponents of a proposed CO2 pipeline in Iowa. The final public hearing for the Summit Carbon Solutions Carbon Capture Pipeline begins today in Fort Dodge before the Iowa Utilities Board. IPR's Grant Gerlock is here to explain where the process goes from here. Good morning, Grant. Hi, Clay. What are the stakes for the Summit Pipeline with this hearing? Well, this will essentially decide whether this pipeline gets final approval or not, at least in the state of Iowa. Summit's goal is to create a pipeline network that would carry carbon dioxide from industrial sites like ethanol plants in Iowa and pump it down into permanent storage wells in North Dakota. They're very eager to start construction, and they've asked to have the final word from the Iowa Utilities Board by the end of the year. And this hearing gets us closer to that critical decision point. Also, since this is the first of three proposed carbon dioxide pipelines in Iowa to reach this point, it sort of sets the stage for how the IUB will act on these proposals. The board has authority over approving the route of the pipeline, so we'll get an idea of how close the board will allow a CO2 pipeline to be built next to a a home or a city, and we'll see how the board responds to objections over eminent domain. This hearing will determine the extent to which Summit can use eminent domain to build its pipeline in places where landowners have resisted the project. And according to the IUB, there are still around 970 parcels of land along the route where landowners have refused to sign on with the company. Okay, let's talk about the hearing itself. What's going to happen at it and how long will it go on? Well, this is not a one-day event. It's not the kind of public hearing where people come and line up to give their opinions on the pipeline. This is a process where the IUB will take evidence and hear testimony from different groups who all have an interest in the pipeline application. And I mentioned eminent domain, and that's where the hearing will start. The board will take testimony from a list of landowners who object to the use of eminent domain on their property. Then there's a second stage where groups called interveners will give testimony. And these are groups that have been recognized to present evidence and call expert witnesses for and against the project sort of like it's a court hearing. And the interveners include the company itself, agriculture groups, groups of opposing landowners, and environmental advocates. Finally, there's another stage of landowner testimony about eminent domain. And this is a a group of landowners who are part of the interveners, so they'll likely have more formal testimony or they may have more attorney involvement in their case. And all of this will happen at an event center in Fort Dodge that's reserved for the hearing. In the end, it could take weeks, even a month or more to get through it all. All right. So earlier in the month, uh, we saw Summit Pipeline's permit denied by regulators in North Dakota. Grant, why did they reject Summit's application and how does it influence what is going to happen in Iowa, you think? This was the North Dakota Public Service Commission, which is the state's equivalent of the Iowa Utilities Board. And it denied Summit's permit for a pipeline route there. 
the commission said it was concerned with Summit's plans to manage cultural sites along the route, such as Native American religious or burial sites that may be unearthed in construction. It also said the route was too close to growing areas of Bismarck, North Dakota. Opponents in Iowa have argued that because of that decision, the IUB should delay its public hearing here in Iowa because if the project can't get approval in North Dakota, then the CO2 has no place to go. But there's been no direct impact on the process here. And in fact, Summit has already reapplied with a revised plan in North Dakota. It is worth noting, though, even as this Iowa hearing gets started, there are multiple issues that are still playing out in court here in Iowa. Uh, Opponents want access to safety information about the Summit pipeline. They even argue that the application should be thrown out entirely because they say the project doesn't meet the state's definition of a hazardous liquid pipeline. Uh, And then there's also South Dakota, where that state's pipeline regulators will hold their own hearing starting next month. Uh, So this hearing in Fort Dodge may be the main focus for the Summit Pipeline proposal over these next few weeks, but it's not the only venue where this debate over the project is still playing out. All right, IPR's Grant Gerlach, thank you. You're welcome. This is Here First from IPR News. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you find them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.